Welcome to Hot Off the Press, a podcast that provides knowledge and emotional support for new and aspiring printers. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano. And I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and we are two letterpress printers who believe in sharing our knowledge and learning together. We're here to help bridge the gap between antique printing methods and modern design. So hang up your apron, put down those palette knives, and let's get into what's hot off the press. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Hot Off the Press. I'm Jillian from Studio Soprano, and I am here with the ever-lovely Mariah of Mariah Creates. In today's episode, we are talking about probably our new favorite presses, you know, new season, new favorite. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here we have the Heidelberg, aka the Windmill. Yay. Yeah. Yay. I'm, I'm so excited. So yeah, last season we talked about flatbed presses and flatbreads and we talked about platen presses, <laughs> but we specifically at that time, we chose not to record this episode um, because neither of us were familiar with these or had any experience with Heidelbergs. So now this episode feels completely right because Da, 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 da. I am going to be uh, adding some heavy machinery to my fleet and getting a Heidelberg soon. So, woo! yay! So, we're very excited. Um, it was a perfect time for us to dive into this because obviously, I am going to be trying to learn this new machine and learning everything about it before I get my hands on it is uh, is kind of the name of the game around here. So yeah, it was it was fun to like watch all the videos and think, oh my God, I'm getting one of these. It's going to be so crazy. Um, but they're really different than what Jillian and I print on um, currently. So there's a lot of learning curve and uh, yeah, let's, we'll get into it. Let's get into it. So um, first let's talk about the history and the company a little bit. So the company name is Heidelberger Druckmaschinen and it is uh, based in Germany in Heidelberg, Germany, coincidentally, and it was founded in 1850. They started producing the original Heidelberg Platen Press, that's its full name, in 1913 or 1914. I've seen some contradicting statements on that online, so we're just going to cover our bases with 1913 or 1914. And it was manufactured um, between... 1923 and 1985. So this is actually like one of the last presses to be produced. Um, Vandercook, I think, was done producing presses in like the 76 or something like that. So um, that would be the next the next closest. But it really survived a lot of the kind of entry into the digital era. So that's kind of cool to think about. Um, and the company itself, they also produced what is called the original Heidelberg Cylinder Press. And they are still today the largest global manufacturer of offset printing presses which is what those cylinder presses turned out to be so um they still make massive printing machines and they are very popular um globally so they're they're still printing which is kind of cool um so they're not making what we are going to talk about today anymore but um <laughs> that technology was kind of a huge turning point for them uh and and what made them so popular so but you know what's funny is yeah, that even though even though they're not making those presses anymore, like Heidelberg windmill presses are in almost every print shop. Like yeah. they are massively still used. It's not like our platen floor models where 
occasionally you'll see one. Um, sometimes they're even just for display or maybe like one or two projects mm-hmm. a year. <laughs> yeah. Heidelbergs are the workhorse of so many print shops. Um, and so like, let's talk a little bit about the machine itself. It is a fully automatic platen press. Um, that does not mean that you turn it on and walk away. There are so many things to dial in and keep an eye on while it's in operation, but the entire machine moves on its own. And it's so crazy because it's so intelligent without having like microchips in it, right? Like yeah, this isn't exactly this isn't uh AI, but it is almost like prehistoric AI. Like <laughs> it is so it is so smart. Yeah, because they could just do all these little functions independently on its own. Yeah, the idea of like automation is really incredible to think about because like nowadays everything is automated. Like you know, you hit you hit print, your printer starts and it prints the thing and it feeds the paper and all that. But like our presses, uh, our Chandler and Price and our Gordon printing press, they are manual, so you have to feed every piece of paper. And Jillian's is truly manual; she has to foot pedal that press. So. It's, you know, to go from that, to go from that to this. to this is pretty freaking cool. It is. So at at its core, a windmill is still a platen press. And so that means that you're going to have a platen that's raising to meet a form to create your impression and your paper sits in there. You're using a reversed image, like all of that stuff. You even still have a chase, like at its tiny, t- at the core of it, it is exactly the same process what makes it so unique is everything that's happening around that Um, (laughs) it has this gripper arm and the gripper arm is moving paper um, from a feed tray into the platen and then over to um, the delivery the the delivery delivery tray tray. Uh, and and Mariah is going to get into all of that but so at its at its core, it's still a platen press. It just has a way, way many more cool features. Yeah, it's like it's like the upgraded, super deluxe, jacked up version of a platen press. Like it is a platen press. It's still a truck, right? Like, but it has a lot of bells and whistles, right? So, um, the grippers basically they use air suction to pick up and then drop off paper. Um, but they form these like little arms and as they rotate and bring the paper to the form and then bring the paper to the delivery tray and go back, that's what made people start calling it the windmill press, right? Like they have these two arms, you can picture a windmill in your head, pulling up like a sheet of paper and rotating it around. So they, um, that's kind of its like main feature and what gave it its nickname. And you'll hear them referred to as Heidelberg windmills, the windmill press, uh, all of that, as well as just Heidelberg. So, um, they are really easily recognizable. They have this big metal plate that's embossed with the original Heidelberg um, name on it. And that actually goes over the delivery pile because, you know, we like to check our work as we go. As you've, if you've probably listened to any of our episodes, we talk about checking your work a million times because we all miss things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has this plate that actually goes over the delivery pile and you raise it before, like before you, while you're setting up and you lower it when you're ready to start printing because it prevents people from like trying to look at the delivery and check their work as they're going and then getting, <laughs> you can get severely injured by these, these arms, these windmill like arms. So yeah. that is, I think a really distinguishing feature of them, but it's actually very purposeful as well. Um, so the, the gist is that an air pump sucks up the paper with suction. It rotates a quarter turn 
puts the paper in the platen, it maintains its hold on that paper with the grippers and the air suction, and then it prints it, the platen opens, it rotates again and drops it into the delivery file, uh, pile, and then it keeps going. So you don't have to hand feed every sheet, which is like, for Julian and I, that's like revolutionary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So the basic like feature that makes it so unique and different than what we currently have is that you don't have to stand there and feed every sheet. Um, it does that part for you. So pretty cool. Yeah. And when we talk about the machine being intelligent, like the feed tray and the delivery tray are raising and lowering as your project progresses through the machine. So yeah, when it brings you first start up, up the suction, the grippers, not yes. like rather than bringing the grippers down to the paper, like it's, it's crazy. So cool. Yes. And at every single phase of the project, like there's so much adjustability and that is totally key with a windmill press. Like there, when you're seeing one operate, there are so many parts that are moving and almost all of those parts you can dial in for the perfect project performance, right? Just even from starting like with your ink, there are these little dials at the back of the press where there's an ink fountain that you're going to first put your ink. There are so many rollers on this thing and it's absolutely fascinating. Actually, some of the original ones were manufactured with a rotating ink disc, right? Yeah. Yep. So I think the yeah. original design had the rotating ink disc, but I think when they started like production in 1923, they like changed over to the cylindrical style. So yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, even they like during the initial process of getting these manufactured they were like yeah let's make it better like <laughs> yeah so and it's really cool because what's awesome about having these you know several different rollers is that um you can get you can control the amount of ink that your press has much more than you can when you're working on like a floor model platen and you're applying ink to a disc, you kind of just have to know that right velvety sound that it makes and you have to manually apply it. And the cool thing about um, the windmill press is that there are certain dials on the side of the machine where you can set it so that the main cylinder that has ink on it is only touching the other cylinders so many rotations so that it is almost evenly applying the same amount of ink as your job is going through. And that's not to say that, you know, your, your job won't start to fade at all during the time of the print process, but it's so much more automated than say, uh, Mariah and I's, uh, plot and press where we're just like willy nilly adding a few dabs of air there yeah (laughs) and like an unmeasured amount and yeah so like a normal job for us is you know like let's say you have you're printing 200 of something print number one print number 50 print number 150 and print number 200 might have different amounts of ink on them like that's just the reality of 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 a platen press or an an ink rotating disc right like that's just part of the factor um however with like the ink fountain, um, it's a little more regulated. So it's adding that ink on its own. So it's like consistently adding it at the pace that you set. So you don't ever have to think about that. Um, and it just like automatically keeps resupplying ink. So hopefully your ink coverage is more consistent, which is important because these presses, you're probably doing much bigger jobs than 200 pieces. Um, right. In a lot of cases. And you can even, you can even decide to only use a portion of your ink disc or of your, um, 
you could decide to only use a portion of those rollers. So you can use these little dials that are in the very back of the press to say like, my job is like a business card size yeah. and it's going to be all the way right adjusted. So there's no reason for me to completely ink up, um, you know, the entire width of my rollers. I only need about like six inches spanning of ink and just that to me, like those tiny little details that they thought about of like, this is a way to save material, to save time. It, it just blows my mind with like how well this machine is made. So yeah, when we're talking about adjustability, like from the back of the press with the ink all the way up to the front of the press, which there's um, a little ball lever that you could pull so that let's say you want to like skip a skip a feed you can disengage the air suction so that it's not picking up the next piece of paper. Like from front to back, every single piece has a little thing that you can do to dial in your project. And to me, that's going to be the most fun and fascinating thing for Mariah. And I eventually hope to get to learn <laughs> a bit on the windmill too. Um, it's just like all these ways that we can optimize the performance and every job, no matter what press you're using is so unique and so when you could tune in all these fine things man what a fun puzzle I know I can't wait it's like and you know that's that is definitely um part of what uh makes people hesitate to get these printing presses like the Heidelbergs are um they're bigger which we talked about but there's a steep learning curve. So um, that's definitely, there's a lot more nuance to it, which is definitely an advantage, but it's also something that makes people like hesitate to, to get them. Um, and, you know, a lot of people get them and then they sit for two years in their garage before they figure out what to do with them. Um, you know, it's, it's another example of <laughs> there not being tons of great resources out there. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to learn and I will absolutely be taking you along on the journey with me because it's going to be crazy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, um, all of those little details, like we on our presses, like to adjust roller height, we basically like add tape to the rails <laughs> on the Heidelberg. There's a dial to adjust the roller height. Like that is the difference between the two things, right? Like if there is a troubleshooting or a particular project needs these specific you know things you can do it the Heidelberg is like okay sure just adjust this knob or adjust that knob like it's it has all of those options so it's super cool yeah and I even learned while watching a YouTube video like the different ways to register and we talked about that with um flatbeds that registration is like super nice and almost kind of easy on the flatbeds and then it gets a little bit more difficult with a platen. Um, but what's so cool about the windmill is that there's so many different ways to adjust your registration. The guy that I was watching the other day adjusted his registration by actually adjusting like the back panel of the feed tray. So he didn't do anything with the plates or the grippers or anything like that. He adjusted the back panel of the feed tray, which I never would have even thought of. Um, so it truly just amazing machines. Yeah. It's, I mean, I feel like it opens up a world of possibilities, right? Like not only it can you super fine tune like a regular letterpress job, but 
Um, these presses are pretty commonly used for die cutting and for hot foil as well because everything is super intricate so like minor adjustments become no problem Um, whereas like if I wanted to start doing die cutting on my Chandler and Price it's like I need an entirely new setup I need to like adjust everything and like the platen height and all of that but like that requires rotating four different screws and measuring them and then putting it back to print is really difficult whereas the Heidelberg it's like you know, it's just another, it's just another like make ready. It's not that big, uh, big of a difference between different processes even. So um, yeah, that's, I think also a super exciting feature for me personally. Yeah. Um, and the impression strength is so much stronger of these machines. So yeah. your die cuts, they're going to come out really great. And even hot foil, like it needs very even, like foil is super finicky. You need really good impression and even impression and like your high your windmill presses are they're not going to let you down when looking into those different uh print techniques yeah totally um and yeah so the the presses themselves some like facts and figures so um they come in two different sizes from what i understand so 10 by 15 and then a larger 13 by 18 size. And that is, if you're not familiar with letter presses, um, that is the chase size. So that's like the maximum printing area. And I think for these presses, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that that's the maximum sheet size as well. I don't think that you can use sheets larger than that on these presses, um, which kind of makes sense when you're thinking about like the fact that the arms have to meet up with the platen and then the delivery and feed trays. So like, you know, I think that's, I think that makes sense in my head, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um they do weigh about like 2,400 pounds. <laughs> so that's <laughs> a big jump. It's uh, two Gordies. Yeah. That's legit. Yeah. Two Gordies stacked on it's, top of each other. It's literally her press and my press combined. Um, <laughs> if one press ate the other press, that's what it would be. Um, <laughs> and the I think one of the coolest things about these presses is that they can do about 4,000 impressions per hour. Yeah. So like I, Wild. I think the maximum I can physically do on my Chandler and Price is like 500. Like I sure I'm, I could probably crank up the speed and do more, but like 500 is like a comfortable speed for me. And that is like, if nothing goes wrong, if it doesn't require a ton of inking up, if like you don't have to take a break, drink water, do any of that, right? Like there's all these other human factors that doesn't include like make ready and set up and all that, but like max, maximum capacity for my Chandler price is 500 an hour. Same. This is four times, it's eight times that. I can't do yeah. math, but it's eight times <laughs> that. And I did read somewhere that they can go up to like 5,000 impressions per hour, just depending on like how you have it set up. So like imagine doing 5,000 copies in an hour like that's nuts yeah yeah so that's why these are you know the workhorses that's why these are the big jobbing presses um and that's why they're that's why they became so popular and they were made for so long um you think of all the commercial printing and everything that was probably done on these presses all the way through the 80s like how cool is that um and heidelberg did say at one point that they had made 175,000 of these presses um wow which I don't know how many exist out there and how many have made it to scrap yards, but um, you do see them on occasion, like for free, like you come and get it. It's yours kind of thing on like eBay or Craigslist or whatever. 
um, because they're so big and because they're so hard to move, um, which we always talk about when we're talking about getting a press, but they, you know, they can go anywhere from scrapyards or come and get it for free. You move it, you get it um, to like several thousand dollars. Um, yeah. So it's, it's pretty incredible, but you know, obviously condition and stuff that'll vary a lot as well. Um, when were they were last operated and what they've been used for and all of that, you know, it varies, but, um, yeah, pretty crazy, pretty cool machines. We do know that, um, Mark over at the International Printing Museum in Carson, California has quite a collection of windmills for sale. So if you are in the market and you reach out to him uh, and you don't even you don't have to live in California, like if you can ship these, it'll be expensive, but you certainly can ship them across the country. I'm sure Mark has picked his up from across the Over, country. Yeah, he's probably looking out for those scrap ones and he'll go get them. Yeah. <laughs> but to be honest, there are like there are other considerations that you would need to think about beyond like shipping it because these presses are very large, so they're not going to fit through a single door width. So you usually need to have like some sort of like either double door width or garage door situation to be able to move them into a shop. Um, And they also typically require 220 volt power. So I think those are some of the things that MRI, you know, firsthand, but those are some of the things that we may overlook because we get excited about a price like, oh my gosh, a windmill in my area for like, super cheap. And I know someone who could pick it up. Okay. But can you get it into your space and will you even be able to turn it on? Those are certainly questions you want to think about. Yeah. And then again, touching, touching back to the, like the fact that there is so much nuance and so much capability in this machine, but how are you going to learn? You know, how are you going to, what's your plan for like learning how to use this press and learning how to dial things in? Because it's a bigger machine. It's like way more intense and the risk for getting injured is a lot higher when you're learning on something like that. Like maybe your fingers aren't going to get smashed, but like there's a lot, there's a lot of other considerations. Um, so, you know, there are, there are pros and cons to every press and we've talked about, (laughs) I think all of them at this point, but, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, I'm, I am so beyond excited. I can't even wait to get started. I'm literally like, let's go. And when you watch a professional operate a windmill press, it's almost like they're doing a dance. Like, especially if they're doing any kind of skip feeding, it's this really great, like, pull this lever, do this thing, look over here, check your thing, (laughs) put a little. So one of the best, Mariah already talked about it, but just to give you like a good visual is like, typically when you get your first good, print and it's like inked up exactly as you want it you're going to take a little like looks like a chip clip little chip clip magnetized put it up on your original heidelberg Heidelberg embossed plate uh, yeah yeah, embossed (laughs) plate you're going to put up there and then every like 15 20 or so you're just going to grab one and and put it up next to it because you don't want to be comparing them you don't want to be comparing ever print to print from the one that's right before it, you want to look like 10 down or 20 down or at the very start of your, of your job and be comparing that way. And it's just so beautiful to like watch these pros, like moving their little doodads and checking it. And then when they put those two prints up side by side and they match perfectly, it's like, oh, creme de la creme, this 
press is amazing. Yeah, I remember Britt, our dear friend over at Swell Press, um, she posts some really great like behind the scenes stories and stuff on Instagram. But I remember her sharing like she obviously in our our episode with her talked a lot about her press woman, Kate, who she loves and um, has all the faith in. And Kate, like I've watched stories where Kate is like double tripping, like she's pulling the red ball, like, and it's incredible to watch her like operate this super high speed machine and do it so beautifully, you know, like, so when you Mm -hmm. see someone who's incredibly skilled at it, it's super freaking cool. Like, um, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to take me a long time to get there, but (laughs) yeah. That's a good goal, you know? I just thought of one of my absolute favorite features that we've yet to talk about. What? The ink squeegee. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How (laughs) can we not talk about this? It's our least... It's probably because we've blocked out the cleaning up process out of our brains. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... It is still labor intensive. It's not like, oh, you turn on the squeegee and your press is clean. But there are so many rollers on a windmill that cleaning that thing would be totally daunting if it wasn't partially automated, which it is. So what's really great about them is like all the different levels of rollers can either be engaged or disengaged, meaning that they touch each other or they don't. So you could kind of isolate different sections of the machine to start cleaning. And at the one area... Um, there is a squeegee that will touch the ink, the dit, the roller, sorry, will touch the roller and will start to scrape off the ink um, as you put some press wash on it. So, you know, you'll start with that roller and then you'll engage some of the other ones and the ink will start moving up. And sure enough, like you'll get down to the point where you could just go in with a rag and wipe down the rollers mm-hmm. that. Okay. So when you're talking about having a bit more automated inking, you have a bit more reliability with your setup and make ready. The machine itself runs super fast. You could do like a three color job with a die cut on the same press in one calendar day, Yeah, which would be like unheard of for Mariah and I. If we're doing a three color job with a die cut, that for sure is going to be spread out. It's going to take a whole other day, but yeah. That for sure is going to be spread out. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, like, just the, like, the window of possibilities that it opens is a little mind-boggling. Yeah. The learning curve is super steep to get there, but, like, once you do, like, it's going to be so cool. Yeah, Yeah, and, like, I mean, especially for, like, larger production runs, like, I mean it's just going to save so much time on those larger runs. Like for somebody like me who does, a, I don't do a lot, but I do a decent amount of what we call job printing where it's like larger quantities of stuff. It's not just invitations for 150 people. It's, you know, a couple thousand of something. It's like that right there, this press is literally built for it. Like literally built for that. It is the perfect press for those jobs. So um, yeah, like, it's crazy. I'm very excited. And I see a lot of people who do like greeting cards and things like that print on their Heidelbergs. And um, even if it's multiple colors, it's still going to save you so much time. Um, yee. Yee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm, I'm excited for you. And um, a press for Mariah is a press for Jillian. Literally. <laughs> Mine is yours, baby. Yeah, I've already, I'm already like, okay, Mariah, I'm sending this job over to you and this job over to you because they're truthfully, there's just things that 
windmills are always going to do easier and better than a floor model platen. Like, yeah. Well, and like, sorry, I had to yawn there. My bad. Uh, <laughs> the Red Bull is not enough. Um, it's also like, I really tried hard to have everything like set up and ready and moved in by the time Jillian got out here. Cause she's coming to visit me soon, <laughs> <laughs> which didn't work out. But like, regardless, like I'm still going to be calling her to help me troubleshoot things. And like, <laughs> I swear it's so it's, yeah, we're very excited to like, to learn about its strengths and my personal weaknesses. Cause we know the press has none. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, with so many moving parts, like, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of opportunity for us to not know. We were just talking about this the other day that, um, when you're printing a job and there's like a tiny area that for whatever reason is just not printing and like, you might flip your plate around or flip your whole form around or uh, add another roller to the press. Like there's all these little things you could do to figure out why that one little area is not printing. There are only so many moving parts on the presses we operate today, which yeah. by the time this airs, you will have your windmill and you'll probably be like a master at it. But yeah, maybe. Uh, so, we'll see. but to, today, posting. There's only so many moving parts. There's only so many variables. Like, woo, girl, the scientific method is about to grow tenfold for you because it's like, yeah. well, is the paper feeding this way or that way? Like, am I changing this thing about the ink? Am I yeah. moving this thing over? Like, there is. Am I adjusting the roller height? There's so many other things that you can adjust yeah. to get your print to come out right. Like when we have a bad day on our presses, like it's like. I've tried four different things. I have three more options before I have to just give up entirely. And, you know, usually it's like the sixth or the seventh thing that you try that that works. Um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I imagine that like a bad day on the Heidelberg is going to be a real bad day. Because like, it just, <laughs> I, I just imagine that like the good days are going to be really, really good. And the bad days uh -huh. are going to be really, really bad. Um, but I also am very good about like when something is not working, I walk away. I come back to it later with fresh eyes and a fresh outlook because I, that's, I've accepted that about myself. I'm very stubborn and I will sit there and get super frustrated and then destroy something trying to make it work. So yeah. I've gotten very good about like, okay, this is not going how I wanted it to go. I'm just going to stop what I'm doing and come back later. Um, so yeah, but once you get all those things figured out on the Heidelberg, it's going to be just smooth sailing from there on out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I do worry. I do worry a little bit that like those days when you can't figure out what's causing that thing, it's going to be super freaking frustrating. Um, especially because like, I imagine your quality checks have to be way more careful. Like yeah, just the other day I printed something and got all of them done and realized that the plate where I had cut it had like lifted up enough that it had caught ink and made a tiny little dot print on every copy. And I was mm -hmm. livid. I was so mad. Now imagine if like you didn't notice that teeny tiny dot and then you printed 4,000 of something like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like your, your quality Ooh. control checks are going to have to be very, very careful. Um, yeah. So that is, that is definitely, I guess I'm telling you all my fears now, but, um, 
Yeah. That's fine, girl. Let it out. <laughs> I know. I'm like, well, so here's what I'm afraid of. Um, yeah. And these things, so we talked about the size a little bit, but they are like, they're like four feet by four feet. Like my press is probably like, I actually know exactly how wide my channel and price is. It's like 35 inches from like the end of the flywheel to the other side of the press. Like, um, you know, so these things are an additional foot wider about the same depth as my press that I have now, but you need mm -hmm. to be able to walk around all four sides. Whereas mine, I can kind of get away with like squeezing into the third side. So I'm planning like a six by six area for it. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what my, my expert friends recommend because they know better than I do at this point. But um, yeah, yeah, they are, they are much bigger, much better and very exciting. And it's going to need a really good name. I know everyone calls them Heidi because it makes sense, right? Obviously. Um, no, so I'm gonna have to come. I'm gonna have to do like a poll or something and have everybody vote on name a because poll. I have. Yeah. So feel free to leave us your suggestions for my new press name. Um, it's a 10 by 15 Heidelberg Platin Press. So run with that. Taking suggestions whenever you're ready. <laughs> I love it. We'll have a we'll have a christening for it once uh once it's once it's in the once it's in the in the garage. I love it. And then I think um, we're definitely going to have to revisit this topic in a few months so yeah. that you could tell us more post yeah. post experience. And um, yeah, then you could give us all the updates. I'm going to have to do like a whole, we're going to have to do a whole episode of like, like what I've learned. We could do like a hot off our press and definitely. you could talk about your first job on the windmill. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What is my first job going to be? Can't wait. Yeah. I, um, I'm expecting to have it in late June. And so we'll have to check back in like at the end of season three and see how that's going. That'll be our holiday six end months of in season or three. Yeah. Like in like the holiday season, oh, yeah, like yeah. that, you yeah, know, like six months from when I got it, how I'm doing then. Like we can yeah. do like end of season two and end of season three check-ins. We'll do check-ins. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll do check-ins. Yeah. I oh love boy. it. Well, I hope you guys loved learning about the windmill press. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Make sure you're following us on Instagram because Mariah will be sharing behind the scenes of her journey, both um, moving this bad boy, I'm sure, as well yeah. as uh, printing on it. And yeah. Um, yeah. I'm yeah, stoked. what I learn, I will share with you all. And uh, Jillian will be by my side. So don't worry, I'm not alone in this. <laughs> I also have I also have some very amazing resources uh, to learn from. So I'm I'm incredibly blessed and very excited. So uh, yeah, stay tuned. We will definitely revisit this subject at a later date. And on social media, we will share all the updates as they come. So stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, if you haven't already uh, seen it, we do actually have a website now. It is hotoffthepresspodcast.com. Season two brings lots of new fun stuff, and that includes um, some access to all of our information about our episodes, about us, and the podcast itself, kind of our mission. But even more exciting, especially if you're a printer or somebody who's looking to get a press soon, we have created a fantastic, super fun, and very informative resource for you. Yes. The Letterpress Supply Guide is the all-encompassing guide that you need to navigating the resources to stock your shop, find 
replacement equipment to even find your presses. Like from beginning to end, we've covered it all. We've done the research so that you don't have to. Um, It's an amazing document with direct links to not only just the different sites and sources you could go to, but also direct links to everything that we keep in our shops that help us on a daily basis. So if you're wondering what kind of scales we use, what kind of ink we use, um, where we're finding the trucks to our rollers. We yeah, have put rollers. all of that information <laughs> into the letterpress supply guide. Yeah. We've gathered vendors in a dozen categories um, across the spectrum and as well as educational resources, both online and physical form. So um yeah, it's hopefully going to be everything you need to either learn to print or to keep your shop just well supplied. Um, so yeah, you can check us out at hotoffthepresspodcast.com. Yay! Woo! Should we do our bye? <laughs> bye! <laughs> bye. <laughs>